Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fourth season, we are looking at Kenneth Branagh's 2011 film, Thor. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. Again, as a reminder, uh, Matthew is out uh, this week, unfortunately, but uh, fingers crossed he will be uh, over his COVID and uh, be back on his feet to record for next week. Today, we are talking about Minute 92, which begins with the Pinsgower arriving at the Bifrost Junction and ends with Thor pulling Jane close. Joining us again on the show today, we have James Anderson and Colin M. Parker, host of the Timeline Scavengers podcast. Welcome back. Hello. Hey, we're here again. Before we uh, jump into the minute, uh, tell everybody, uh, where did both of you find your love for Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe come from? Was it comics, TV, the movies? Uh, where, like, How far back did, did this love uh, go for you? There was a comic book store in uh, Brookline, Massachusetts, where my dad lived, called New England Comics. Um, and we would go there, and the comics were a dollar. Those were the days. And so it was really easy to know how much of my spending money, yeah, for real, how much of my spending money would buy me how much. So I bought comics. And then I discovered, I don't know if it was, uh, I have a bunch of sequential Aquaman comics, so it may have been with that, but like I discovered with either that or fantastic four that like if you got a bunch of them in the row in a row they told a a full story mm. <laughs> i know i'm explaining how comics work but like <laughs> no i understand it was it was a, it was a wild thing to discover when i was like you know se- se- you know 7 or 8 and um so that just just set my whole world on fire i got you know i i watched the batman you know the um tim burton stuff and on through other stuff and then you know i got into you know i've been a fan of the movies i you know when they make a movie about a a character that i'm interested in um i'm into it you know fingers crossed for a fantastic four that finally works uh in my lifetime um it it will john watts is on it you're good all right cool good all right i'm holding you to that um it's your fault if i don't like it please don't let me down (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so yeah i mean it just and then when it came to actual mcu stuff i i totally fell off because Iron Man was never something that 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 interested me, so I watched I watched the first one at some point, and then it just you know I was sort of just sort of whatever. And then my friend Mark was like, "Hey, I'm gonna come up and see uh, in and watch Infinity War, I think, with you. Here are the movies you need to watch before I come up." <laughs> so he gave me homework and. Uh, you know, with the introduction of stuff like, uh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, and sort of maybe you're off your beaten path of like one man down on his luck, but still rich, gets to be a hero or whatever. Um, <laughs> how patriotic are you? That's you know, um, when it got into some more sort of off the beaten path stuff, then I was like, all right, I can get into this. And then, like, actually, funnily enough, again, when I was like, wait a minute. They're all they're all building to something in the same way as as with the comics. I was sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm in, I'm into this. So gotcha. Okay. Um, I also just like to watch this kind of stuff, you know, as much as I can. What about you, Colin? Uh, so when I was very young, um, my family is definitely very much like classic Batman fans. Um, we used to watch a lot of the Adam West Batman stuff. Oh yeah. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> 
kind of thing. And, you know, the Batman animated series was like king when I was growing up, um, but was also a big fan of the Ninja Turtles, which is also a big thing in our family. Um, and then the Spider-Man cartoon, which I was kind of like originally, like when I was really young, I remember being like, Batman is the coolest. And then I saw Spider-Man and went, never mind, I have my number one and I was set for the rest of my life. Um, so I started with kind of like cartoons mostly. And then uh, I wasn't allowed to like collect comic books. Part of it might have just been that I didn't really have a big allowance. So like it was like if you just continuously go to the store and buy two or three books each week, you're never going to be able to like have any of the things that you want to have, um, even though maybe I just wanted the comic books. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but like when I became an adult and like had my first like real full time job, I did immediately go. Now I can you know f- spend money on this hobby. So I have many long boxes in my uh, closet here at my parents' house of uh, Aquaman comic books, of Batman, of Flash, but of course mostly of Marvel stuff. Um, but I will say like my comic book reading times came from, uh, anytime my parents would be like, we're going to go to Barnes and Noble or Borders and we're going to just read for a bit. I'd be like, sure, I'm going to, I'll read. And I would like go towards the kids, like not kids, but like young adult section and then sort of beeline a little across and just go to like the section that just had all the hardback trades of comic books. And I would just read X-Men, Spider-Man whatever they had that was like available at the time. Um, and I would just read through them uh, like wildfire as much as I could. Uh, although half of them didn't make sense because, you know, sometimes you would have a thing where this is this part of Spider-Man, but it's after this storyline that they didn't have on the shelf. So there's a lot of those, see this thing for clarification. I'd be like, yeah, right, oh, that's right. weird. He went from having a red suit to a black suit. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, just like no explanation. <laughs> it's just like he's in it, you know, things like yep, that. So yep. you're kind of all over the place. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It just really captured me. And then finally for the MCU, uh, I feel like I got lucky in terms of finding it like immediately. Um, this will show my age a little bit, but my junior year of high school's after prom uh, was held at the AMC near us, which is cool because they had stuff in the lobby, but then they had like three or four uh, of the feeders that were just playing whatever movie was playing on a loop. And there was obviously chaperones and stuff like that in there as well because they're not going to let kids get godless um, you know, in an AMC. Um, but I remember being there and seeing Iron Man and going, hey, this is the only one that's not a rom-com. Can we start with this one? Um, I was like, and then I'll watch all, all the other three, but let me just get one thing in. And, um, my, you know, my partner at the time was like, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, and so we went in, saw Iron Man and immediately I was like, this rules, this might be the best superhero movie I've ever seen. Uh, and she was asleep within five minutes. So I got to watch it a second (laughs) time because she was just passed out. And I was like, great, I'm going to watch it again. Robert Downey, what's his name? Robert Downey Jr. Okay, cool. I don't know who this guy is, but he rules. That was my whole MCU thing. Sometimes Colin is just so young. Painfully younger than you. Yeah. <laughs> Who is Robert Downey Jr.? Um, I did forget that uh, there was a time right as college was ending um, in like 04, 05, um, when I was like, oh, comic books are affordable and subscribing to them isn't prohibitively expensive like it was in middle school because sometimes I just yeah. sort of uh, zone out. Um, and so I was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get into the Avengers because I wanted a team 
dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that I was getting into the Avengers right as like disassembled and House of M was starting. So like I got oh, like so good though. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah. hey, you're getting back into comics? Here's a checklist of comics that are going to be coming out for the next seven months. <laughs> and I was like, I like a checklist. Let's fill this baby out. And so I own all of the House of M's. That's all very James-like, yeah. yeah. So uh, there was a time where I was just seeing the movies and sort of looking. I, you know, I have comic books from when I was little, but like wasn't actively doing anything with them until, yeah. And my friend Mark was with me when we would, uh, when we would go to our comic book store in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, to start that up. Yeah, you definitely hit that point in your life where you go from just like, uh, you know, that casual comic book reader, like, I like Spider-Man. Oh, he's fighting uh, the lizard in this episode. Cool. To a point where you go, oh, there's this whole multiple episode or multiple issue story arc. I need to kind of follow this. And yeah, you kind of grow in that love and understanding of how comics work and everything. And I think that's cool, uh, the way that it kind of informed uh, really both of you and how it you know, led to your love of the films and your own podcast. So, And uh, I will say, like, you know, I'm a big proponent of having, like, the physical copies and having the trade issues and stuff like that. Like, I love that. Love having the uh, the protective cover and the, um, God, what's that bag? Bag and board. Is it just called? Ba- yeah, but just, yeah, bag and boarding, you know, my comics. I love that. Don't get me wrong. However. But <laughs> uh, Marvel Unlimited, um, the app in which you can just pay for, like, a year and, like, every book that they put out is digitally just like a readily available is a godsend, especially as someone who is currently like perilously close to penniless. Like I get the Peter Parker story because I live that lifestyle <laughs> very well. Um, and so being able to read like hundreds upon hundreds of comic books without having to spend an insane amount of money is like an, an incredible thing. Uh, I get it. I love having the paper versions, but like if you're frequently like, I would love to read more about like these characters that I see in the movies and want to know more about like their histories in comics, an incredible purchase. It's curated so well too. Like the, like they do a really good job of like, we think that you'll probably want to know more about the Eternals. So here's a whole thing about the Eternals. Yeah, this character, right? Yeah, and it's a great way, like those those notes that you have at the bottom, like see more, see this issue to understand this story. Then you can just go, oh, okay, I'll look at that issue, and now I understand. That is how I've been reading comics for the past uh, nine months. Is I started in one, and I've just been every time they say go just see this, I'm like thread. on it. Um, <laughs> off I go. It's been a wild way to read comics, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of a lot of jumping around. Well, um, let's let's jump into this uh, minute right now. We're talking about minute ninety two of Thor, and it starts off with the Pinsgauer arriving uh, finally at the Bifrost Junction here, as we like to call it. Um, the Pinsgauer apparently fits. Uh, let's see, we've got Eric, we've got Darcy, we've got Hogan the Grim, Fandral, Sif, and Volstag all uh writing and it looks like i don't know it's kind of hard to tell it's a little far away volstag's definitely on top um i couldn't tell is are, are, is ever, anyone else on top or is it just kind of like armor and stuff behind volstag i think it's just him yeah like you know, the thing is it's not a huge vehicle but it is big enough to carry all of their equipment and stuff like that and remember a lot of it has been borrowed um <laughs> and stuff like that so, so i i have a feeling that you could fit the first five out of six in that vehicle and have no issues. 
And I can't tell if it's like that thing of, we don't have room for a sixth person, and everyone just sort of looks at Volstag like, <laughs> hey, buddy. Or if he's like, I would like to ride upon the top. Like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, he seems more like about like the delicacies of the world, but it also feels like he would find that fun because he's a, he's a little free-spirited. Yeah, I was wondering, like, I feel like Volstag, like, I, I almost want to see him, like, surfing on the top of it, like, riding in. Teen Wolf style. Exactly. Uh, first of all, <laughs> so they flew off and then they went and landed and got in a car? Is that what we're, is that what we're talking about? No, no. Th- only Thor and Jane flew off. Everyone else had to drive there. Okay, so they met them there. Got it, got it, got it. Right. Okay, that makes me yeah. feel and, and it, so much better. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so this spot is just a little bit outside of town. Okay. Uh, the, the, the hammer lands, as, as we had the, the, uh, the townies tell us, 50 miles west of town. Uh, this is a lot closer to town. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's supposedly only about 12 miles away. I don't know why it's, uh, they have all their math wrong the way that they've described it in the film. It's but Asgard. anyway, when, when the destroyer lands, like you can see it just from, from town you can see mm-hmm. the the spot where it's landing so i think it's probably only about a five minute drive or so it's not going to take that long for them to hop in the car get down there and everything um that being said thor flies off very quickly and he's probably there much earlier 30 is seconds. he standing here calling for heimdall the entire time that he's waiting for them to catch up with him i mean has he just been I, out here I, th- I think he waits for them to get there because as we'll see later, you can't just like leave the bridge open safely. Yeah. So I'm sure he's like, oh, we probably should give them a head start, you know? <laughs> right. Or like saying, like, we've just... got time. Do you want to get a coffee before we head over? You know, I mean, like, I would love, kind of like you were saying earlier, you wanted another minute of Loki. I would love to see another minute of them, A, making the travel arrangements of, well, I mean, we don't have horses, so how do we? God, all right, you know. This thing's got also twenty four. I don't know how horsepower works, but it'd be a fun joke. Yeah, they'd be like, I don't (laughs) understand how. How do you have horses in there? Like, we don't in that. But you just, (laughs) you mortals are weird, you know. Uh, Yeah, no, but like, I, I really want to know some of the background stuff, especially because he goes, I have to debrief you. But then does he turn to them and go, well, I guess I'll debrief you instead. You know, exactly. There's no accounting for time or how they get there. It's just like he's there chilling with Jane. Like that was a cool ride, right? Well, maybe it's like Superman. It's like the can you read my mind flight? Like maybe they flew to Hawaii and back. I mean, I mean, yeah, they they totally could. I love that. (laughs) I love that very much. I again, this is the second that just like Colin was saying, all you need is an establishing shot where Jane and Thor are standing there. All you need is that same shot with a blurry blonde head and a blurry shorter brunette head. And then we we answer all the questions that I have in seeing that shot. Where like have them facing each other, like still blurry, and then just turn to look at the car approaching. Also, say yeah, goodbye that's... then when no one's watching you. I'm just saying. Well, because they know there's still going to be time, right? But they you... ca- so they all right. They urgently call Heimdall, ring mm-hmm. the doorbell over and over and over and over and over again until Heimdall answers, and then yes. and then Thor's like, "Great, it's open. Now I'm going to go say goodbye." It's like, my friend, there was so much time. Like, 
Well, but it's one of those things because then, then it's that awkward goodbye. Like, well, we we already said so goodbye, goodbye, but yeah, goodbye, goodbye again. And I now guess. we're heading the same direction. Oh shoot! Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Jane That's also gets on the on the bifrost. She's like, "You're going." Oh yeah. no! Oh, oh geez! <laughs> oh gosh! That's embarrassing. Um, the the other thing that I wanted to say here is we have there are all the wreckage uh, of the shield vehicles <laughs> yeah. here, and uh, you know I mean I'm glad that Agent Coulson had one that he could drive away with, mm-hmm. um, and it made me wonder. It's like where are all the other agents? Yeah, like did are On they the walking? Or like are, are they? <laughs> they're, on the yeah. they're all hoofing it back to the, the to the crater base. Uh, you, maybe they're all just Ooh. like, all right, well it's over that hill, twelve miles. A lot we'll of them walk. probably. Those are the ones that definitely did not make it. I hate to be. I mean, if you saw those cars, you know most of those guys are not there anymore. Would love yes. a scene of the Warriors Three and Sif passing a big group of agents, <laughs> just like hot in their suits. <laughs> Just like, ugh. Just walking. How far? Yeah. Like, it's that, almost there. Okay, good. Like, just like a... We're almost yeah. there, right. This five-minute drive seems a lot like 12 miles. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I know we've, we've kind of already started to talk about it a little bit. The moment where he starts calling for Heimdall is, to me, one of the funniest things of this entire movie. Because, specifically, one, two things about it. Uh, the first one being that it reminds me a lot of when you're a kid and you need your parents' attention, but they're busy, they're doing something. So instead of like waiting for them to just finally come and find you, you just keep going like, mom, <laughs> mom, right? Like, so just the way he's like, I'm dog. But the second thing is, is the fact that he is millions upon millions of miles away, right? Or however you want to describe this distance in space. And so what he does it, like after the third one, I think it is, maybe it's the fourth one, he yells it a little louder <laughs> as if that is going to be what Heimdall's like, oh, sorry, sorry, I dozed off a little bit. Mm. Uh, it's frozen. But that was the perfect volume. Thank you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, it is so funny that he's like, that's weird, he doesn't answer. Let me let me try it 10% louder. Yeah. yeah, just it's it's I, like it's like when up. you talk to somebody who speaks a foreign language and you raise your voice and <laughs> talk <right>. slower <laughs> as if that helps them understand what you're well, saying. It, yeah. Donde no, it, esta biofrost? <laughs> bio, I said biofrost. Biofrost time doll. I I like to link this with the narrative of come see my room. Um, it's like he took they went from high school to his house and then he's mm-hmm. at the door and he doesn't have his key. And he's like, mm-hmm. Heimdall, <laughs> Heimdall, my room's really cool. Hold on just one second. Hold on one second. Yeah. Do you have a, right. do you have a phone? Can I? <laughs> he's, he's like, you're embarrassing me right now. <laughs> I, that's, I, I had that note. I'm like, is Jane, like, is there a small part of her that thinks maybe he actually is crazy? I mean, I know he can fly and he destroyed that thing that was in the sky, but now he's just standing out in the middle of the desert calling somebody's <laughs> yeah. name. Like, <laughs> There's something very strange about that. I also think that um, I, I know that this is a logistical thing that I keep bringing up, but couldn't they have said their goodbyes while one of the other four people that are just watching them call Heimdall? Like, hey, Volstag, call Heimdall. I'm going to go over here and say goodbye to my lady love because that's what you do when you talk to your bros about your lady love. The thing is, though, is it's a lot of what I think suffers for thor characters right which is that like most of thor stuff is nothing but thor right and i know that that sounds like a wild thing to say but i have felt like in every time we see any of his asgardian friends i'm like i could use 
800 more minutes of them. Right. Uh, and it's a bummer <laughs> that there are many that we won't see. You know, it's like, I want, give me, I don't care if it's a flashback at this point, give me a Disney Plus series that's just like stuff that they do when he's off world. And I, I'm going to say, in there is source material out the wazoo for there that. There is. They, oh, yeah. At some point in the 60s, yeah. they agreed with you. And the thing, the funny thing is that I just realized <laughs> that Hogan, Fandral, and and Volstog are Thor split into three people because you have like grim, grim, dark, like oh, this is I must whatever, and then you have sort of ha ha, I I'll have at have at thee, and then the you have boy. can right. other people see his friends? I love that Thor. Club. Are they just <laughs> Thor's imaginary friends from when he was? Only wow, five years old in God years. Tyler Thornton. And now he's this is grown Thor's up. Thor's beautiful yeah. mind. Yeah. And everyone's like, Thor, you got to stop leaving places at the table for Volstack. He's not, he doesn't exist. And he's like, no, he wants more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good, <laughs> just, good job, Volstack. Yeah, very this good. This just meal. got dark and sad. <laughs> right, but but uh, picture, he is crazy. picture this. <laughs> Thor yeah. puts Volstagg in charge of calling Heimdall. He goes over and says goodbye to Jane. They have a lovely, sweet moment. And every now and again, the camera pulls out to a shot that has Thor, blurry Volstagg, calling up to Heimdall, Jane. They come back <laughs> in. That's not as funny. No, no, no. They come back I like in. All, I, why don't they all they call kiss, in unison? That would make Thor it better, comes right? Over, <laughs> and we see all the Heimdall breaking out stuff. And Thor comes over and calls once and the Bifrost and comes. Okay, that would be funny. <laughs> that, that, I'll give you that. And, and then he's like, that would be, yeah. what? Why did it? Come that, on, that would man. Be good. That would be good. It would yeah, be that good. would be good. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not giving Kenneth Brown notes, but like, I'm just saying like that. Yeah, many been. years later now. <laughs> All these years later. He's, he's like, you know what? I want to do my director's cut. I want to go back and actually, you know, Zack Snyder got to reshoot exactly. stuff. Can I reshoot yeah. stuff? Yeah. I listened to yeah. a minute and a Black, of, black uh, and white four hour version. Yeah. All right. Uh, so so we're we're talking about Heimdall, all this stuff. Heimdall, I mean, he is really pissed. He is so mad that he screams his way out of the ice here. Uh, well, not quite, but he's he's screaming. He's screaming. He's going to be out of the ice here in a second. Before that, I do, we do, we got to talk a little bit about Hogan and everyone else because I mean we're talking about the Warriors three. Hogan, uh, the perfect response from Hogan. Uh, we are stranded. I mean, it's just that is exactly what we get Thanks out of for Hogan. Noticing. His lines like that. Uh, it's it, exactly. It's interesting in, in the script. Volstagg is the one who says it, so I'm actually glad that they changed that uh, to yeah. to Hogan. It makes a lot more, more sense, sense for sure. To do it that way. But I, I have a question about about this because. Heimdall, I mean, we know he has incredible vision. Yeah. Uh, they've talked about it, uh, but it also is, they're really making it seem like he can hear really far, too. Are we meant to believe, like, anytime somebody's calling him that he actually is hearing yeah. it? Is there some magical spell inside the observatory where he can just hear when he's there? Yeah, what, yeah I think, yeah, I think, I think it's yes. like a, um, I don't know how many of these there are in, in, in the world, but like in the um, dome of the Capitol, they have like that whisper room where it like bounces off and you can whisper on one end of the thing and hear it on the other end. Yeah, like with the parabolic ceilings. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, but universe big. If you're yeah. in the room. Okay. And that's why his name's Heimdall and not like Joe. Because it's like you want a name that's like unique so that you only hear the one name and not just like every time like a... Not yeah, all those exactly. Joes, right? Hey, Joe, what? Oh. So I shouldn't have named my son Heimdall. I, guess I think. Is what you're I mean, I think we all. But if we all name our son Heimdall, then like, then it's that problem. Heimdall's the new Joe. 
So yeah. the other thing is that that that's also part of his actual like abilities, and it's not. I I don't believe it's from the um like his role as the like guardian essentially of the Bifrost. Um, like canonically in comics, because I remember looking it up at one point for something else. I because we haven't really gotten into it yet, but um, Heimdall uh, has superhumanly acute senses. Um. He oh, so has, senses. It's, yes. it's not just so see. Okay. His uh, post uh, for the Century of Asgard is due in large part to his extraordinarily acute senses. His sight, hearing, and smell are enhanced to the point that they qualify as extrasensory. Um, he can see and hear as far as creation. <laughs> um, and he can look across time and space to detect the approach of most beings within hundreds of miles. Um, so, you know, he definitely... Uh, I, I I think it's like a little bit of um, I don't know how how you would want to word this necessarily, but I believe that he essentially hears and sees everything like at all times. But it's a lot like you know how spiders have like eight million eyeballs to focus on one thing. I think that he can kind of see it all like it's a bunch of screens. But then if he needs to, he hears like his name like in particular and zoop, he mm-hmm. can focus in on just one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Enhanced like okay. Sword into the yeah, <laughs> yeah and they come up. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for there's my foley for you. <laughs> it sounded real. It sounded like I was watching the movie again. Where's it's the bike? Oh, oh my god! Oh, it's Colin. Okay. Uh, it's, it's. I don't know. I I find it interesting. I, I certainly understand why Idris Elba was not thrilled with kind of playing this character uh, until at least the third movie, Mm -hmm. because I mean, he really doesn't get to do much. He stands there, he's wearing very big armor and there's not a lot for him to kind of physically do or emote or anything. But I love that the concept of the character and, and the idea of, of having these senses, I I think in the, I mean, in the, you know, what I have read, it says he can only see within the nine realms, not necessarily all the way back to creation. Um, so, you know, I, I, but I, but I still think it's a very interesting sense of like, uh, of this character. I, I, I enjoy him quite a bit. Etymologically, the, the word, the fact that Heim is in his name and they're all Jotunheim, Nortenheim, all the, um, um, Niflheim sort of makes me i you know this this isn't how it is niflheim right right this is not how uh languages work but i'm like heim realm de all so he sees all of the realms got it it's in his name um and so wow. that's not it but that is how that I means so it makes sense to me because of that fake linguistics thing i just did that he can only it see sounds like sounds like real linguistics that was impressive hey linguists <laughs> yeah hit me up am yeah, i one of that's you right call james um, yeah, you're not wrong. I am looking at like the MCU's, uh, specific wording for Heimdall's abilities. Um, and you're right. They do label it slightly differently in the comics. They say it's across like as far as creation, but here it definitely says his sight itself extended, uh, to all of the nine realms and his hearing was so sharp and precise that he can hear the warriors three conspiring against Loki from his post. It's, um, but it's like. It's like that thing where, you know, before we knew about other, about space, we're like, you know, all of creation, by which we mean the continent we are currently on and nowhere else. It's like, I I can see all the way back to creation because the nine realms and that's it. Um, 
but that's not the, the that's not the sort of universal uh, situation we're in in the MCU. And I was yeah. gonna say, I'm sure you know, there's definitely places that aren't the nine realms that they've like uh, Sakar and stuff like that. Like, I'm sure he could probably still see them there, right? Well, that's uh, that was kind of a you know, we've talked about that quite a bit, trying to get a sense of really what's the what the scope is and what is just the nine realms. And and I mean, it's it's one of these things where they've really kind of had to fit the particular Norse stories that they mm-hmm. pulled all this from into this. And we've got the nine realms that makes up as or makes up kind of this the Yggdras- Yggdrasil. But there is a bunch of stuff beyond yeah. that. And mm-hmm. so they can travel with the Bifrost to anywhere within the Nine Realms. But if they go outside the Nine Realms, then they have to travel with the spaceship or some other sort sure. of thing. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's like there is other methods of transport. It's just like, you know, they are this one little continent and they have to, you know, find a different way to get elsewhere. Yeah. 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 So... Um, yeah, yeah, and, and now that I talk about all this with the, with with Heimdall and his hearing, I, I you know I had forgotten that there was a moment in the script way early on that wasn't part of the film where they talk about how he can hear a cricket fart in Niflheim. So yeah, of course he can. He's got great Niflheim hearing. Famous for its <laughs> so, famous farting cricket. That'd be a great one. <laughs> yes, right. I think it's on uh, you know the one of the uh, advertising posters that they have up in the the Bifrost Junction. Yeah, it's like you know. Best movie, best superhero movie of 2011 or whatever, like, you know, New York Post. And then I can hear a cricket <laughs> fire, you know, and Niflheim. Uh, exactly, exactly. It's not Heimdall that can do that. That's just Idris That's Elba. just Idris. That was in, that's on his resume. And that's yeah. how powerful mm-hmm. Idris Elba is. Yeah. Somewhere Idris Elba's like, what? That's how he got the job. He was like, <laughs> hey, hey you want to see a great talent of mine? Hang on. He's listening right now. Yep. Yeah. Two blocks away from your house in particular. And they're like, wow, that's incredible. Say something really quiet. That's amazing. I'll be over here. Like a game of telephone. So we have this moment. Heimdall finally does break out of the ice uh, here. He he screams his way out. He explodes. <laughs> it looks kind of like an exploding snowman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes right into action. He befriends a, beheads a frost giant, stabs the other in the gut, and like flips him over. I'm guessing maybe so the, cool. off the edge of the bridge. I'm not exactly sure. My question was... I mean, he had been frozen for quite some time. Uh, would he be able to be quite so mobile right away? And did he know there were two frost giants standing behind him? Also, wasn't he loudly cracking? <laughs> Couldn't they hear? Right, exactly. <laughs> I feel like he, when he bursts out, the bo- you look at both of the frost giants and they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you have to remember, though, that like movie sounds, right, are not the same as like real universe, right? I mean, then again. <laughs> you know, I don't know. The other thing is, like, he surely knows that they're there because if he can see all of time and space and can't yeah. see two feet behind him, that's embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like, that's. <laughs> He's farsighted. There's a oh. problem with his. <laughs> okay. That's. Okay. James, that was a good one. I'm going to give you that he one. He needs his cheaters on. Yeah. He's, he's like, let me get on my Warby Parkers. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Heimdall here to let you know that Asgard is brought to you by Warby Parker. Use promo code CALL to get 10% off. CALL. Um, CALL Heimdall. I think for sure he knows that they're there. Uh, And uh, I don't know if it's the... Okay, so you were talking about how he, like, screams his way out. I scream my way out. My question is, is it just that he's screaming because he's exerting a lot of energy and it's the body that is put, or like, is it like that he's just essentially like, ah, <laughs> the ice, but because he's also as guardian and has all these extra abilities, maybe his super sensory abilities are like 
you know, I don't know. I I think it's because if, if someone's flexing with encased mm-hmm. in ice and they're not making any noise, then it's mm-hmm. nothing, 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 crack, 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 burst. Right. And you're like, so again, it's like movie magic. Happen? You have yeah. to explain it. Yeah. 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 yeah, it is. I mean, I'm being a little cheeky. I think, I mean, sure, he's he's definitely flexing and trying to like break out, but I do like the idea. It, it, they they make it feel like he's just screaming really loud. I don't know where he's getting the air, but he's screaming the ice. It off only just and, occurred you know, to me that he was flexing, like right, like a minute before I said the sentence. I've thought all the rest of the time that he is literally like, Rah! and there's like, I mean, he's just a very powerful <laughs> voice. I mean, Idris Elba's got muscle aplenty to flex within ice. If, so, you if know. If anybody could do it, it's Idris. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? You know what? That's you know. not even CGI. That's Idris Elba <laughs> actually encased in ice, and he broke it like. It'll be fine. He was bro. like, you need another take? Or they're like, I don't think so. That was incredible. And he's like, that it's was just amazing. ice, isn't it? That's right. Oh, wait a he's minute. He's like, no, no, no. I, I want to do yeah, it because it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. I just. I just, I just I just do this every day. Yeah. So, so Heimdall, so he gets, so he crawls, uh, you know, he kills these two frost giants. It's kind of, it's very quick, but it works well. I enjoy it. And then he goes into the observatory to get things started. Uh, He, he takes uh, Hofund, his sword, and he, he puts it into the little, the keyhole and, and lights up the Yggdrasil lightning inside there, getting things started. I, I, there's a note that I had um, that you can actually, if you look, on the floor from where he is down out the door, you can actually see icy footprints, which I thought was actually kind of nice. Oh, nice. Like, you know, he was so oh. cold, he's tracking ice in uh, along the way. Hmm. I didn't see um, that. That's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a nice little nice little um, CG ad that they put in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he starts things up and collapses. And now we're back on Midgard and we see the swirling tornado-like clouds. Uh, Sif smiles in relief. I, I just find it so funny because, well, one... The Bifrost works so differently in this film than it does uh-huh. later. Like we never see such a drastic, uh, you know, descent of the Bifrost to any other planet, even on Jotunheim in this film. It's never as cloudy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just funny because even for, like for the Mid Guardians here, it's like if you see a swirling cl- tornado like cloud over your head, your normal reaction would be to like run. Yeah, I would think. Get you know, indoors. Like, get into a basement. You know. Yeah. Hop in that vehicle and drive as fast as you can away from it. But uh, but here they are. Yeah. (laughs) Now. now She's a long (laughs) way away from Kansas. Uh, So Sif smiles. Uh, We have this moment where Hogan and Volstagg are behind her. And it's interesting. It's a shot where the direction clearly was, you're looking up and now look down. (laughs) And you can see their two heads like drop (laughs) as they're like, I don't know, assuming they're watching the Bifrost descend. But it's just, it's one of those funny little moments. Like when you watch it, minute at a time you start noticing these things it's like uh, i'm never going to see them not dropping their heads like that now <laughs> um okay so i i gotta ask you two did you notice and this is now one of my all-time favorite things in the film when when the bifrost comes down and they all start moving toward it we cut to a wide shot and we see fandral as if he is just finished kissing darcy's hand as he's walking into the bifrost yes. did either of you catch yes. that <laughs> I forgot I did, and I didn't write any notes about it. But as you said it, I was like, "Where would we?" First of all, Darcy isn't in these scenes; she's in the background in this part. She's in the background. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, she was clearly in the vehicle too, getting she, yeah, there. So yeah, right. But um, I I think it's like interesting because of I that clearly was not a direction. I think that that was. We're on our 12th take. Let's just do something crazy, right? It's very high school theater. We're background characters. We can kind of do whatever we want as long as we don't get 
too overboard. And they're like, hey, crazy thing. What if this time, like, I dip you? They're like, too much action in the back. Stop that. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to kiss your <laughs> hand. And she's like, okay, yeah, cool. And then maybe they hoped it would be something. Well, I'll tell you. In the script, there actually was something where, where when they say we're trapped here, Fandral actually says, then I suppose we'd better start settling in, into our new lives. He looks at Darcy, turns on the charm. Fandral, are all Earth maidens as fair as you? Darcy enjoys the attention. Oh. No. And then as the Bifrost drops down, Fandral turns to her and says, sorry, she my says love. No. These things happen. <laughs> no, well, he, he says, are all Earth maidens as fair as you? And she says, I no. love it. That's that's great. Yeah. That's very <laughs> like, I want that in the film. I love yeah. that moment so much. Yeah. Oh. I again, this, we need the extended are, yeah. cut. We need the director's cut right now. KB, yeah. get on yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, these are the things that get cut when they're trying to speed up that third act because they don't want the audience to be kind of like checking their watches, and those things get uh, get cut. And it's just it's a shame because like. The minute I saw that thing with Fandral, I'm like, oh, that would have been so great. Like, of course, Fandral's going to mm-hmm. like they're in a five minute car ride. Of course, he's going to be hitting on the only other girl in here. That's Which, great. And now we have this moment. And it's also oh. funny that you mentioned that they're like cutting for time and like trying to make sure people aren't like checking their watches because the last like four movies basically have been like long yeah. movies, which I am a fan of. Sure. Like, I, I like, there's a lot of people that are like, go back to the 90-minute movie thing. And I'm like, no, boo, don't do that. At least not with these things. Like, this is, again, kind of like you need multiple comic books to get through. This is like you're watching six issues yes. on the big screen. If you made, uh, for example, I know this is way ahead of you and us, but like, if you made um, Spider-Man No Way Home 20 minutes shorter than it was, I would have rioted. There would have not been enough time for anything. I I needed that movie, and I needed like 20 more minutes, honestly. It was mm, delightful. But like Thor could have easily used even five minutes. Five minutes of that scene. One minute of Loki plotting and inner thoughts and the text bubble. You know, like that's all you needed. Just a little bit more people who are kind of like, can I hold it in? Yes, you can. You know, in the theaters. And if you're at home watching on Disney Plus, uh, you can pause it at any time. Uh, this is not a sponsored ad. I realized that came off very much as if I was about to give a promo code <laughs> for like a trial period. No, but you know, it's Marvel just like Disney wild hit us up, that, though. I mean, like, we, yeah, please, 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 we're please, not please. ready for you. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. I will give that promo code every five minutes if I have to. <laughs> Um, you know, no, but like, I think it's interesting that they cut stuff like that, but I love the fact that that is there considering I really was expecting that to just be them like goofing off. Um, so I guess that was just like the end of that scene. And later on, he's sitting in the theater going, I can't, God, man, I had like 10 lines and they cut three of them. (laughs) Come on, man. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot no, to say about oh, yeah. the Warriors Three and Sif and and kind of what the how they were written, how that ended up translating into Kenneth Branagh and his editors' decisions to kind of cut a lot of mm-hmm. it, and and really kind of then I think from there moving forward with the other two films, why they were essentially kind of um, essentially written yeah. out and eventually killed. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of the the sad sad fate of these characters because I think they could have done some really interesting things with them. But I mean, if you had read the script the way they scripted it, yeah. I mean, it was. I don't know. My I, my understanding is there's a lot of stuff that comes from the comics, kind of their interactions and stuff, mm-hmm. which is very much for like the the uh, grade school uh, audience, and it didn't work that well. 
like when Volstag is knocking Jotuns over with his big belly and things like that. It's like, <laughs> okay, now hold on. You know. <laughs> That's very good. I, I, I know like he that. does that. I know he does that. It doesn't mean it's going to work in the movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's, here's how you cut time and, and leave more room for, for fun uh, Warriors 3 stuff. Don't ever... Now, okay, uh, Tom Hiddleston's going to disagree with me and probably all of the rest of the audiences too. Don't ever show Loki plotting. Show the effects of his plotting. Show the Destroyer coming down. Show the ice frost giants invading. And then at the end, you see that he was behind all of it and you do a quick montage flashback of him plotting all that stuff. And then you don't have to keep going to him being like, uh, brother, we'll just see about that or whatever mm-hmm. Power Ranger villain stuff he says in this movie. <laughs> um can I talk about Volstagg now, or is this... Well, yeah, yeah. It, it, I think this is a good time, because yeah. we're not going to have much more Volstagg uh, the rest of the week. So I know you had some thoughts. I fell in love with Volstagg. I was reading these uh, 60s... So I'm reading comic books in two ways right now. One is following the references, and two, I found this... Uh, the Marvel uh, Wikia has a reading order that goes that starts at, like us at the beginning of time, and then goes through present day with like this comic takes place then and then this and then this and then this um and so i was reading these uh tales from asgard that are in the back of these journey into mysteries and uh thor comic books and they write so volstagg could just be a fat joke for all of the run and he's not not that and that feels gross when when you read it but there's such a richness to it's like He's both the most boastful and the bravest and also the most cowardly. And I loved it because he's like, I think I will be the first one to jump across this. I will be brave enough to stay behind while you all jump across this <laughs> cliff. And he's just, he never, he, it's just, when you said they could have done so, like I would watch a Warriors 3 TV show all day long. They and they listen, um, the way they drew Kingpin in Into the Spider-Verse is how they draw Volstog in the comics. Like it's just a yeah. like a yeah. like a, a big triangle a of a man. Slab of yes. man. A giant, yeah. Um, yeah. like a right. steak. Um <laughs> Volstag. <laughs> Which I'm sure he and, loves. Yeah. Um I love it, but like so they the fact that he's just sort of husky in this, I'm like, all right, that's fair. But like you could have done. You could have done a whole thing with 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 the Warriors mm-hmm. three. Even Sif, you know, notwithstanding, you could have done a whole thing with them. And I understand why they didn't. And I understand if you're Kenneth Branagh, you're reading it, and it's like, yeah, I mean, but are we really going to, or are we not going to? But uh, I, I reading it every time I read it, and I was like, that is delightful. And I'd send Colin like little screenshots of, of oh, him yeah. saying stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm like, ah. <laughs> uh, Missed opportunity, but understandable because you can't you can't cram it all in, and 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 that's the real that's the real tragedy is that you know it's why we have to stop doing Spider Man's origin story once we we try and take a third bite of the apple, um, third bite of the man, yeah, um, because you have so much to get in to get in that you can't keep yeah. going back to issue number one, and yeah, yeah, take notes, DC. <laughs> But it's interesting, though, because, I mean, the Thor films, think about the characters that the Thor films have have created mm-hmm. for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, Eric and Darcy, oh. they've they have had a long life in this in this franchise. Um, Agent Sitwell, mm-hmm. you know, and then, I mean, Hawkeye appears in this film. This is well, where Hawkeye. Agent Sitwell was not 
invented for Thor. But I mean, well, as the character the, though, like because Hawkeye too, it's like you know they they're put the into oh, the MCU. Sorry, 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 as yeah. yeah as characters here in this film, and then they're they are given such kind right. of rich life yeah. uh, beyond. Yeah. And it's it is kind of I mean I do think that it is a little bit of a shame that the Warriors three just never had that chance as characters that are so close to Thor. They, they should have found a way to, to do right. more with them and give us a little more. Cause then Sif shows up on agents of shield and that's awesome. Yes. That yeah. was going to be another yeah. thing I was going to mention is like, I love that. Like part of this, I also think comes from apparently, I don't know if I've ever found any actual evidence of this, but I remember someone saying that Jamie Alexander just like really loves playing Sif and so basically has always been like, if you need me, just let me know. Uh, and like, and I think that's the reason why we've seen Sif and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and also have seen her in Loki. I think that like she came back for Loki, like just because she was like, hey, look, I will do this thing. What a great um, scene. I just remember. I know. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, so much fun. Real, bef- I, I do want to continue with this Sif and uh, Warriors 3 thing, but I also wanted to address something that you were talking about, introducing characters into the MCU, uh, because I'll probably never remember to tell this story ever again, because we'll be so far in the future by the time we get there. But when Hawkeye was premiering on Disney+, Plus, right before this last final episode, they put out like on the internet, like, here's the checklist of all the things you need to watch before you watch the final episode. And I sent it to James, and I was like, James... Why the heck? You know, like, why Why is Thor on this list? Like, I don't, like, it was baffling to me. And we went back and forth for minutes. And finally I went, James, this is embarrassing. This is the movie that they first introduced. And I, like, I could not for the life of me place. I was like, are they going to introduce, you know, something from Asgard? Yeah. Uh, I was like, that would be a right. wild turn. I was like, does Agent Coulson somehow come back? It was, I mean, we went for minutes and finally was like, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> Hawkeye's first appearance in the MCU is in this that is movie. This is where it was. Um, this is where it was. That's so right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm putting out my shameful, uh, <laughs> even, again, I've seen all these movies so many times, but it also shows which movies I maybe have watched fewer times, like Thor sure, and sure. Thor, A Dark World, um, <clears throat> and pretty much just those. Uh <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, I, here's my here's my pitch. Uh, Luke Cage mm-hmm. season three. Luke Cage teams up with the Warriors three. Okay. There would be I, so I much. So much. What? Are well, what, these? something that we have something we have pitched is doing uh, the Asgard High School, where you have the Warriors three, Sif, Thor, Loki, all in high school. Just, Asgard, I mean, it would, be, it would be a perfect. It'd be a perfect type of uh, show for Disney Plus, Absolutely. right? Just mm-hmm. all of these people when they're just like all their high school yes. drama. So I'm in. Okay, let's do yeah. it. Well, yeah. yeah, this is all right. Let's get it started. <laughs> uh, yeah, Disney Plus, hit us up. So, uh, well, let's finish. Let's wrap this up. Um, so Thor pulls Jane in. I must go back to Asgard. That's where our minute ends. We're going to have a lot of this to talk about tomorrow. So let's put all that off for tomorrow. Um, so Colin and James, um, tell everybody again uh, where they can find your podcast and hear more of you and all the Marvel stuff that you're talking about. Uh, well, we have um, our podcast is called Timeline Scavengers, and that has a Twitter, uh, which is at Timeline Scav. Um, we are part of the Scavengers Network, which is on Twitter at ScavengersNet. Um, and I say that because uh, that's the network that has all the rest of the shows that we're on. Um, 
you can go to scavengersnetwork.com and find sort of just a guide to all the, the other things uh, that we do. So you can find the one other show that I do and the 17 other shows that James does. Um, <laughs> that's, that's mostly a joke. James does five other shows. I don't. Yeah, may, yeah maybe. I think maybe. I believe that's correct. Maybe it's a, it's it's a keeping few, busy, but it's great. <laughs> um, James is busy, <laughs> but he turns out the hits. I um I like starting podcasts, but you can um you can follow <laughs> if you follow us on 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 Twitter at those two places. Um, we're gonna and we're gonna basically link to. Um, we're starting to do this thing. Basically, when when we have pickup episodes, when we have episodes that appear earlier in the timeline than we are like Eternals, mm-hmm. we put them in where they go. So Eternals, like the third, it's going to be like the third episode and it's going to be like four or five episodes, I think, is going to be Eternals now. And so what we're starting to do right, is right. at the end of each week, we're saying like, this week we released this, this, and this. So if there's something that takes place back in 5000 BCE, you know you can go back and check that out if you if you didn't see it in the timeline. Right, because it'll be listed as being out in June of 2020 as opposed to, right. you know, not 2020, I'm sorry, 2021. Yeah. As opposed to in 2022 when we actually recorded it. Right. Yeah, right, right. So, that's, wow. uh, so but Timeline Scav is, is the best place to follow us for all that. Also, I have a, a recurring joke where I say, Dormammu, I've come to bargain uh, just about every time I think of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then uh, why you got it in the here. most recent one. Yeah. I did tweet during uh, when we were when Colin was talking about our social media for the last minute. I did uh, go on and, and send one out in situ. So, <laughs> oh, good, <laughs> nice, I love it. Well, everybody, check that out. Uh, follow that podcast. Tune into it, and all of you wonderful listeners, thank you so much for all of your support. As Matthew always says, have a good day, and as I always say, until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is One Last Ride by Martin Puringer. Find the show at truestory.fm. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show. Music